Here we are for another Hockey Night in the Jungle. Welcome to episode 14, where a group of never have, have been talk about the NHL and junior hockey. Unofficially brought to you by Sauce Hockey, where we get our great clothing and some funny memes. We're also brought to you by Feet of Westchester. Matt, any news with that? Yeah, actually, um, the footman himself broke his hip. And that's not a joke. Our, our good friend broke his hip? Yes, our good friend, uh, him, Turan. Tim Turan's a good one. Was in a uh, middle of a, of a heated rugby match and uh, got hit by some, some he said, some fat bloke. Uh, put all of his weight down on his hip and literally fractured his fibula. And now mm-hmm. him fibula has is, I think, a, a bone in the leg, I think. Yeah, it's like your hip thigh area. He uh, okay. fractured it. He fractured it and uh, now has like metal brackets in his hip, so he had to get airlifted to uh, some hospital. Um, so our thoughts terrible. and prayers, our thoughts um, and prayers are with him. But I am sorry. proud to announce I'm proud to announce a new sponsor. Proud to announce a new sponsorship. We are now sponsored by Hips of Hatboro. So Hips of Hatboro. What you can do is uh, you can go on hipsofhatboro.com. I'm donate a hot dog to our friend's cause, and um, all proceeds will go towards me. Well, I will. I'm going to eat them. I support you. Thank you. It's been a it's been a long journey on this brave trek, but uh, I feel bad for the guy. You know? Like, yeah, man. Can you imagine breaking your having basically a, having a hip replacement at age like thirty? Oh, I don't like seeing anybody hurt. To be honest. Um, I love it. I love watching people get hurt. Fuck, I could watch your kids get skateboarded, whatever, you know. You're just a grumpy old man, aren't you, over there? I am crotchety. By the way, the fibula <laughs> is your, your calf stay off bone. My, stay off my I'm grass. A, I'm can, a doctor now. I can see Matt just yelling, stay off my grass. I wouldn't even uh, have to say it. I would have my, my uh, airsoft gun and just, just be popping them. I'd be in the bushes like Chris Kyle with the ghillie suit on. You know, just popping, <laughs> popping kids left and right. Hit them from like a football field away with that airsoft gun. Yeah, not to not to kill, just to maim. Just just have some, just just so they know. Some All good right. clean neighborhood fun. So trivia question for you guys: um, What year did the NHL start painting the ice to make it easier to see the puck? Any hmm. guesses off the top of your head? I actually know this. So. Before gravity, um, hockey used to be played on the roof of the Sistine Chapel. And um, so Michelangelo painted that in about 1580 A.D. Uh, and the first hockey game was said to have been played in 1581 A.D. on the roof of the Sistine Chapel by the uh, Torino Tigers against the... Um, well, they didn't really have a team name because they were they were the barbarians, the Gauls. But Ambiorix and his Gauls played the Turin, Torino Tigers on the Sistine Chapel roof in 1581. That must have been really, really tough because, you know, barbarians used to get high before they did warfare. So you can only imagine they'd be doing the same thing, even though they're from two different time periods. But that's you, beside the point. <laughs> do you think do you think they referred to themselves as barbarians i bet they thought they were pretty pretty right on it you know like in in with the times they were cultured i do have a genuine question like if you were to be a barbarian and you were to see someone like the romans who was civilized or per se civilized do you look at yourself and be like "Mm, yeah maybe like they shower and stuff that's probably what we should be doing well let me put this way when you're you know out with the boys at the bar, you know, having a beer after hockey, not showered or anything, and you see the uh, the gentleman over in the corner sipping a martini with like a three piece suit on. What do you think? Well, one, you never not showering after a game, dude. Showers are integral to the locker. Room. I play for. I play. Okay, let me put this way. Uh, my last game, me and one other guy showered, and the rest of the locker room did not shower. Yeah, but we're talking about like, like if you, if you like play, like you played like your whole life, dude. Like showers were like 
ask any of them dude showers are a whole thing well as <laughs> you know i thing. did i did not play my whole life Fair. i just like to be naked with other men in that's you know what's really <laughs> funny is that is 50 percent of it just being naked with other men you have to be naked it's not even shower, with right? not it's really, not even like so it's not the with the other men thing it's more like just being it's one in your own skin you know what i mean just like it's one. one one with nature almost like the gauls and the barbarians were they had they had something going i think yeah, you know, yeah, I bet the Medici's like, made how a many... lot of money betting against the Gauls. Well, the the Gauls were like the fifteen or nine fifteen hundreds, like the five thousand BC equivalent of like the Seattle Kraken. They just they started off hot, but uh, uh you know, hey, the Seattle Caesar Beneers couldn't keep them going. The Seattle Kraken just ended with a, a one hundred points so far in the season. All right, that's a quite the accomplishment. Uh, do you like them or not? Because I try and shit on them, and then you're like backing them up, but then we talk, and you're like, "Fuck Seattle." Did you not see my? Did you not sense my sarcastic voice a little bit there? I was trying. I'm sorry. I'm. I had a cocktail at dinner. I'm, By the way, <laughs> happy fucking birthday, sir. Yeah, we need to. Uh, you don't have to announce it. it. Yes, we do. Twenty six. Looking for the show. Twenty six. Yeah. I don't even remember that year. <laughs> that was a good answer. Where, uh, I remember nineteen. I remember nineteen twenty six. We were hot on the heels of the Great Depression, and uh, my father just brought home a bonus from the mill. <laughs> Your history years. So I know. Long. I know the Great Depression it, started in nineteen twenty nine, but it didn't fit the narrative. That's fair. I I appreciate your knowledge. I'm a history fella. I brought. Uh, up ambiorics and the gulls for christ's sake like you don't think i know what the great depression was let me tell you something i respect it is well yeah it is but let me tell you the the great depression started in 2011 after i graduated from college yeah tell me about it dude everybody's great depression started right after college seems like yeah well mine was before that but anyway um moving on listen don't bring yourself down All right, well, Josh, so, we want to be a positive podcast. We're we, trying to build people we, up. That's I'm the meaning. Trying to build up Eric Carlson right now, and you guys aren't letting me talk. God damn it! I don't think he needs to be built up any further. If he goes any higher, he'll uh, scorch his wings like old Icarus. Well, <laughs> flying too close to the sun. Could, oh man, man, I could do this forever. forever. Congratulations yeah. to Eric Carlson. All right. Or yes. Hitting 100 points, the sixth defenseman to do it in NHL history. Congratulations, Eric. Yes. What do you think he's done? What do you, you mean? Know? He's just the sixth one to do it. He... And I'm saying just when you think he's done, he goes and, like, resurges his career. I he mean, like, for – it was, like, widely considered the worst – his contract is widely considered the worst contract in the NHL for, like, a couple of seasons. And then he goes out and does this. It's just, It's just sad. I mean – I'm looking at stats right now. Now, you guys know how I feel about plus minus, but there are certain levels where it does tell a lot of the tale. Not a lot of the tale, but some of it. He has 100 points, and he's a minus 21 player. Like, that is the state of the Sharks right Sounds now. like a lot of uh, a lot of power play points. I mean, the second Brent Burns leaves, he comes out of his shell. Well, yeah, and it does. It makes sense, because when you look at the Ottawa teams that he won Norris trophies on, it was all him. It was all him. And, you know, with the Guy Boucher team, it was a possession-based team. So get him the puck, let him skate end-to-end as many times as he wants, and it'll play 30-whatever minutes a game. So you can't, like, he needs the puck in order to be a difference maker. I think that they need to draft some forwards so that he has, like, some outlets. But, I mean, clearly he's not done. I mean, can I don't know. He could be a late season addition, like a Paul Coffey to the Flyers in '97 to help you push. Yeah, you don't have the cap space for that. Well, yeah, that's the issue. That's the only issue. <laughs> I'm not I saying mean, to the. I don't mean literally to the Flyers. Christ, he would have it, to score another hundred points in the next ten games to help push them to the playoffs. Jesus, um, what was I was gonna say. First player, know. I think, first player since Brian Leach. I think Brian Leach was the last 100-point defenseman in the early 90s. He was a good player. 
He's not bad average. Not bad average. He's no Wade Redden, though. Wade Redden on the Sens was world class. And oh, no, I'm talking Wade Redden on the Rangers. Worst. They became the worst contract in the NHL on the Rangers. He was a $6 million defenseman in like 2008 or something, 2009. That was a lot of of chunk of change back then. Defenseman specifically. It was wild. Yeah. That's that's my uh, mid 2000s reference for the time being. I, I the only thing I remember about Wade Redden was his eyebrows being thicker than mine, which is pretty tall task. Fair. True. I still think that the best pass I've ever seen getting back to Eric Carlson is in the 2017, I think, second round against the Bruins, and he gets the puck behind the net his own net and then skates like to the bottom of the circle and just sauces it almost hits like the ceiling basically and then lands on the tape to mike hoffman who forsbergs around to karask i think and then scores the goal it's is if you can't find it anybody listening look up eric carlson pass and mike hoffman on youtube and it is Miraculous! It's the best pass I've ever seen. What's going on with Mike Hoffman these days? Not much, since he is not the greatest human, apparently. I say he got into some shit with uh, what's his name, right? With um... Carlson. I mean, I don't know what actually happened, so I'm not going to speak facts. But the rumors were that Mike Hoffman's then girlfriend, now wife, I believe. Yeah, they're married. Yeah. Yeah, was was saying a bunch of stuff about like Eric Carlson. Stuff, right? Yeah, Eric Carlson's I think his the first son was a stillborn stillborn or miscarriages or something something happened and Mike Hoffman's you know then girlfriend said a bunch of stuff about it, like had an opinion about it. And that's pretty funny. That, that, yeah and it like what could you possibly fractured. ever say about that? I don't know, but it completely fractured the locker room. Yeah, no to the point where it. within six months, half the team was gone. Oh, Good they, God. He says she had nothing to do with cyberbullying Melinda Carlson, the wife of the Suns captain, Eric. Um, but there's rumors that she definitely did say some shit to other women, too, I believe. On the I team. wasn't even talking about that, man. I was thinking, like, didn't he I get mean, into some tussle? Didn't he get some tussle where, like, somebody cross-checked him in the face and, like, bashed his lip in was it was it somebody on boston i'm pretty sure someone else did because i think the rest of the league kind of took exception to what happened more or less yeah he got hit in the face um by aj it's like right greer. on a draw by aj greer like two yeah. weeks ago yeah right 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 that, that's what i'm thinking of yeah it was right off a draw i think hoffman like gave him a little bit of a of a shot yeah that was two weeks and then ago. Right off the draw, Greer came up and just popped him in the face, busted him open. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. Or I saw it, too. Um, But anyways, terrible, terrible. But moving on, moving on. Good job. Congratulations to Eric Carlson. Yeah, good job. Congrats, Eric. Good job. Um, Matt, I'm just kind of fuck you. Um, Mike Hoffman. What? Oh. You don't marry a woman like that. Um, that's why I'm still single. It's not that I can't get one, it's that I don't want one. It's um, my choice. <laughs> he loves he loves ladies. We promise. Um Bruins set history with most wins in a season. Congratulations. You beat the Flyers on the road in Philadelphia. <clears throat> Matt yeah. was probably there. He just <laughs> I wasn't there. I, I've only been to one game this year, and is their triumphant win over the Canadians. Oh, good job! You guys really showed them. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I I'm there to I'm there for the boys when the one night a year I get to go. I mean, that's why I'm not married. There you go. Just waiting for a hockey team to get here now. The Canadians um, have the second worst cap in the league still. Somehow, continue. I don't think they really have to worry. Like, they're fine. You know, they're, they're, they're just in a slight rebuild. They're just reloading, reloading and going, you know. <laughs> the Canadians are slow rebuild. Yeah. Um, speaking of the cap, though, great gateway. Leafs signed two amateur trial contracts this week, I think, um, to circumvent the cap. And Bettman apparently, like, like was said, no, we're not going to allow this. Like, they have to find a way to 
get under cap. And they played the e-bug against Montreal the other night. And I forget who said it. He's like, they're going to pay for it in a couple weeks. Probably when they meet on the golf course or something. I don't know. Did you guys see who was that? The, uh, who was the emergency backup this time? Uh, it wasn't the Zamboni driver. Um, that I got to say, in terms of like weird quirks that each sport has, that might be my favorite across like it used to be baseball having a position player pitch was like the ultimate novelty. Um, but they, they do that all the time game. now. I went it to a game in the Phillies did that. I almost watched. So just real quick, I watched Cole Hamill or Cole Hamels or whatever um, pitch. And then uh, Roy Oswalt played. He was left, left field. I remember left that field. I was at that game. I was right behind left field. Yeah. And then um, I forget who the shortstop was. But he ended up pitching, and we Wilson all Valdez. Almost, with Wilson Valdez, and then we almost watched. If it went like more innings, it, we I almost watched Roy Halladay, Cole Hamels, and Roy Oswald, the three aces, play in the same game. Yeah, so that was that was nuts, and uh, that game Wilson Valdez became the first position player to ever start a game in the field and get and earn a win since I That's think crazy like Babe, Babe Ruth in like nineteen eighteen or some shit. But anyways, the goalie was Nick Chenard for Leafs, by the way. Nick Chenard. They, they, they had to start him or he came into the game. They just no, probably, in. he's just a backup, right? But now they're saying now they're saying afterwards that uh Samsonov may have hurt his hip or something. Oh boy. Some, something like that. But he played for has, uh, the Owen Sound attack. Has an emergency goalie ever gotten a win? I know, yes, I know that it was against yes. the Leafs. It was. Was, it, was it, it that Kane's guy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if they got the win. I know he came in in a no, shutout. He, I think he got the win or shootout. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that does make sense. Does he get a stat for that? Like, is he in the book for for eternity now? Let me. What do you guys remember his name? No. <laughs> Who the guy that they signed? The Kane. no, the dude that the emergency. Backup for the Canes that got that shootout win. Dave, oh, David, I have no idea. David Ayers, right? David Ayers? A Y R E S. Yeah. You say so, bro. I have no idea. I'm trying to look David up. Ayers is a Canadian coach. One game played, one win, 800 save percentage, 29 minutes, 4.18 goals against average. But. He got, he got it. You know, he got the win. Two goals against and eight Solid. saves. Twenty-eight minutes of time on ice. That's a hell of a game. Yeah, I mean, he could do that. I mean, fuck, a Zamboni could drive it. A Zamboni driver could do it. So why don't you become an emergency backup for like the, uh, I don't know who the hell is even near you? The Houston Arrows. They no longer exist. I but... know, but. I mean, who wants a five foot three guy that weighs two hundred and seventy five pounds standing? You're five three. No, I'm not. I was gonna say Jesus. No, I'm not. You Dar- you're like Darren Pang, but fat. I'm I'm close. I'm close. No, you're not. <laughs> um, and while we're while we're moving on here, Murray. While we're talking about goalies. Sens legend Matt Murray, rumors are he's getting dealt this offseason. Rico, yep. I know you have something you want to say about this. I know you do. Flyers. I just I just want to say that when we first started doing this podcast, I think I said I think I went on a rant about the signing of Matt Murray and how it helped the Sens sign Claude Giroux and all this stuff. And I basically just didn't understand any aspect of it. And I was right. That's all I want to say. That's that's about it. I mean, you I know you touched on injury injury problems. He's he's a band-aid, he's always hurt, all this, all that. I mean, like, so when the Sens signed him, his age, he'd been a cup winner. He, he was coming into the season, I think, healthy or to some extent healthy for him. And they signed him to a $6 million deal, which is a lot. That's a lot for a goalie who, you know, has injury problems. But then he just showed that he literally can't stay healthy. His second chance 
prove that. And then the Leafs wanted, they saw that and wanted it. And for, and they're so up against cap that they they should not have done anything to get a six million dollar goaltender. That should have been a red flag. The numbers alone, and they went through and did it. Now we all know that Kyle Dubas is a is a Sioux guy, and so was Matt Murray. So like. Mm, that sounds like emotional management, and I would be pretty upset if I was a Maple Leafs fan. Doesn't Dubas's dad own the Sioux or something? The Greyhounds? Uh, I think he's like part owner or some some shareholder to some there. some yeah. extent. I think he's something there. I think he's something there. Um, and then I mean, while we're talking about mismanagement, we might as well get into uh, the birthday boys. Favorite team here, Jesus Christ. Torts and D'Angelo. How do you think? And how is that mismanaged, though? I don't think that's mismanaged as much. It was as, um, just a bad, like a relatively bad signing. And I mean, a lot of people didn't like Tony D'Angelo when they signed him, and thought it wouldn't work out. And lo and behold, uh, not working out. So I don't know if it's mismanagement as much as just Tortorella doing what he feels like he has to do. And the thing is, I don't even know if they have like a disagreement per se because Tortorella doesn't talk about that shit in public. Well, I'm not very up to date on the Flyers. Can you fill me in on what the schism is in the locker room? Well, Torch uh, has been healthy scratching himself, and then he's healthy scratched D'Angelo a few times too. I think. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I I don't know what's going. On. Maybe they're just going golf and you know getting. Getting early, getting you know, getting dialed in on the on the driving range a little little early. You never know. It blows my mind that Tony D'Angelo can be this toxic of a person when he's you know pretty productive as a player. He's not great at defense, but offensively he he's got great numbers. Like he's pretty consistent. You know, half point per game player in the NHL, which is above average in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you're he's on a he's, struggling team too. You know, he scored he scored ten goals on the past ten at least ten goals the last three seasons on three different teams, and he had thirty plus assists on all those seasons as well. He's just so got to be a locker room problem because there's no other way to answer. Ex- there's no other way to explain it. Yeah, well, I know that he was like a crazy MAGA guy, so I don't know if that. Yeah, but I'm sure it didn't. Um, I don't know what, the, what the, anyone's deal is, but I feel like hockey generally would probably have more of those guys, right? Because at least I'm the Americans, because like, you got to think of the families that play hockey generally are more well to do, and that's generally more like conservative Republican families. I don't know. That's a total assumption. I, would, I don't know. Dude. I would I would generalize that, but like I think that's how it is in the states. I think like. Majority of your NHLers, like, I mean, there's more Americans now, but I think majority of them, if you had to pick a country, would be Canadian. And historically, they're like a lot of like, uh, like farm boy type, yeah, type dude. So, land, yeah. So, I, I really don't know how the pendulum swings in the political sphere, but I mean, that was the whole reason that he got into a fight with, uh, what's his face when he was a ranger, right? Is because you he was like Russian or something like I there there was like political ties to his fight with it was Gorgiev right I don't remember I just remember he he said some something that was racially insensitive insensitive apparently I I don't even I wasn't really paying attention at was that, that the Akeem Eliu thing no 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 this is I'm talking about Terry D'Angelo's altercation with Alexander Gorgiev led to Rangers exit I'm looking at it right now um what could their argument have possibly been? He's Russian. I thought MAGA guys liked Russia. No, they don't. I don't think MAGA guys like anybody, to be honest with you. Um, I don't. I'm looking at... I'm trying to find like what it says. This article from... This is Bleacher Report. Man, that's probably why. Let me find something better. <laughs> Broad Street Hockey has an article, the Flyers case for buying out Tony D'Angelo. I saw <laughs> that. Wrote a day ago. I saw that. That's not a... It's 
generally the telltale sign if it's a bad contract if uh, you're buying them out before it, the first season's over. Well, I mean, you guys are pretty. That's why not... do you keep why do you keep talking badly about my Flyers team? Because I'm speaking facts. Yeah, but come on, man. <laughs> I'm giving the people what they want to hear. Come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. Um, I mean, I just know that he said something that was insensitive, culturally racist. I don't know exactly what was said. He said something that was wrong, and he got canceled. Well, let's and let's not speculate on it. Yeah, that's yeah. Something was said. Yeah, nobody, nobody knows what he said or what happened, but it ended up getting into a fist fight to the point where I think, I think Keandre Miller had to break it up. So that's, that's not crazy. great. I, I can't even imagine getting in a fist fight with like a teammate. Uh, Over is, something so stupid, like just yeah, be I mean, a decent no, human. Well, like, I mean, in practice, I mean, yeah, they get in a drill, one guy's going a little too hard or whatever, you know. Things boil I can over. get okay. I understand getting in like an argument, in like a, in like a shoving match, but a fist fight, it happens. Yeah, I mean, like, but that's. I think it's different, right? Like, yeah, like you just kind of go your own way once that's over, right? Like, it's not like you sit there. And well, one's around. like one's like emotionally charged through like physical conflict, where like you're battling the guy out and you just get fed up with each other, and then like you're done, and then. Yeah. But this is like politically charged, I think, and that's that's just toxic. That's like this guy believes one thing and thinks that it's okay to say a bunch of whatever he said to somebody else who may or may not believe what he thinks, and to the point where it pissed the guy off, where there's an altercation, like, and he's your teammate. That's just not right. No, it's not. It's not. You don't have to be friends on the ice, but you have to get along in the room, you know? Absolutely. Um, and... I think of, like, Roger Dorn and Rick Vaughn, you know? Rick Vaughn banged Mrs. Dorn. Didn't realize it, but you know what? Roger Dorn and Rick Vaughn teamed up to get the Indians that ALCS championship. This is, what, Major League? You're doing Major League right now? No, that was real. Really? That actually... No, that was Major League. Come on. Okay, yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure Rick Vaughn is the main character from Major League, but I don't know baseball, so I was... I didn't yeah, Roger, Roger Dorn was like the uh, stuck-up third baseman who refused to dive for balls because it wasn't explicitly called out in his contract. <laughs> so ridiculous. I love it. Anyway, Josh, what do you got next for us? Um, Congratulations to Matt Nice. Signed with the Leafs straight after the national championship with the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers. So congratulations with that. Um, I mean, Toronto and Tampa are playing right now. That's going to be a for sure lock in the postseason, it seems like to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's um, no other no other Atlantic Division team outside of Buffalo wouldn't make the playoffs, let alone challenge for a two or three seed. And at this point, I mean, Boston's not going anywhere, so it seems pretty finalized. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys know where I stand on this one. I think Tampa's going to beat Toronto uh, probably in I six. I mean, six, yeah. I can see five as well. Like, I mean, Austin Matthews is good enough where he can he can just turn it on, right? Mitch Marner's a nice complimentary piece, and so is John Tavares. Their defense doesn't thrill me at all. I don't think Morgan Riley is a true number one. And their goaltending is going to be a question mark because if Samsonov gets hurt in a game and he's out for minutes, who are you putting in? He's going to get torched by Kucherov and Stamkos or Hedman. Like, I, I just don't see them getting out of that with the goaltending situation as it stands. Yeah, and I mean, I think I read a report where Samsonov's not feeling the greatest right now either. That's why they had the e-bug play. So, and Samsonov's contracts up at the end of the year. As an RFA, are they going to be able to afford him? You know what I mean. It, it's just, it, it's just, it's a crazy situation. That's all I'm going to say. Here's a question: What do you think Samsonov's worth? I mean, easily like starting, like as a good deal, like three mil. Three mil. Okay. 
Yeah, I'd buy three mil, but I think that if he's going to be your starting goaltender, it's going to be more than that. Oh, yeah. I mean, if if you're paying him to play backup, I mean, it depends, right? If you're if you're a cup contender, essentially, and, I mean, you want him to get his money, you get him, like, a two-year deal, like, get him for, like, three to three and a half and just be like, hey, we're, like, if you're the Canes, like, hey, cap's kind of a problem. We want to win, and we want to win with you. We'll give you three and a half for two years. Go get your contract afterwards and get your cup. Um, and, and I feel like, you know, if you're taking, you know, half a million off the table of a guy who's getting a cup ring or a cup run, a, a very solid cup run, I, I think I think most guys will do it, especially on a short-term contract like that. Do you think he's capable of playing, like, 55, 60 games? Um, looking at, like, his stats right now, I mean, the most he played was with Washington in 44, and that was in the 21-22 season. Right, I mean, and that, that he was splitting with um, Vanishek then, I think. Yeah, so, I mean, you never know. And with how goalies are today, it's not it's not the, the 90s, early 2000s, where goalies want the net 60 games out of the year, you know? You need a tandem to some yeah, degree, for sure. But, I mean... Is with you, you. I'm looking at it like what he's done. What's he done for Toronto? A two three three goals against average is pretty good. Twenty seven wins, nine one nine save percentage. All those screen pretty pretty decent numbers. And I'm just I mean, try, I'm trying to look at goaltending contracts right now. I mean, he's probably. I mean, Spencer Knight. Just go off Spencer Knight right now because he just signed like a kind of a bridge deal. So I would use Spencer Knight as as the reference point essentially. And I think he signed for what four, four and a half. Yeah, he signed an extension for four and a half. And I mean he's a great goalie. So it's a little different. And he's young and he's but it's a three year deal, four and a half. And he's put up decent, if not great, numbers. Um so that's why I'm saying you put Samsonov at three to three and a half. I mean three on the low side, three and a half average four would be kind of right there with it right so i wouldn't be shocked to see him get four but i mean if if the canes are feeling risky and want to make a move on him i mean i can see him do something like that because they don't have any goalies for next season just saying because freddie anderson's gone yeah freddie anderson's gone and anti-ranta's gone after this year freddie anderson's making four and a half and Ranto's making two, and they're both 33. So you're kind of at the end of of uh, the leash, I guess you could say there. You so know? I'm looking I'm looking at goaltending leaders by save percentage, and I also have their cap hits next to me. And I'm looking at this, dude. You're looking at Sorokin's getting four. I think that's a steal. Um, Connor Hellebuck's right there, nine one nine. Sorokin, Sorokin's at nine two four, making four, and then Swayman, but that's a different situation because it's Boston. Hellebuck uh, has thirty six wins so far this season. He's making six with a nine one nine. Samsonov's literally right below him, twenty seven wins, nine one nine. Um, Saros is making five, right below him. Gorgiev's on a, a, a crazy deal um for three million. I don't I, don't I mean know. Linus making six, right? Five yeah, five this year, I think. His hits yeah. his salary six, but his hits five. So I mean he's gonna be looking at like a four and a half million dollar contract to start with, almost just based off of his numbers as a leaf. But I think if you're the Canes, you're like, hey, you get the starting job, give us two years. Give you three and a half. I mean, I guess they don't have a goalie contract at all to worry about, so they could give him the four and a half that uh, Anderson's making. Um, you could absolutely just swap them. Yeah, yeah, like oh, right across, right, and then you have yeah. to back up for him though, right? So I don't know what they have in the system to be honest. Um, goalie wise, I'm that I'm not sure. Oh, it looks like they signed Pyotr Kochetkov. The kid that got in the fight, and then, yeah, the fighter, yeah, yeah, he had he signed an extension for two million starting next year. So, 
he's probably going to be their backup next year. I'm guessing they just kind of put that in there so they could literally just keep the same goaltending prices and just. Oh, uh, they have um, they have a third a goalie draft for the third round. Patrick Hammerlow. 2021, he's 19, 6'3", 194. He could be an interesting guy. Um, I mean, so that's about that's about it, really. He's years away. He doesn't help him now. Yeah, he's just 19, so that's probably his knock. Um, that I mean, I haven't looked at his stats or anything, but that's probably his knock. Yeah, so, I mean, Samsonov, he, he's not staying in uh, Toronto. I can tell you that. They can't afford it. Yeah, they can't. Like, and I think that that is the gist of this conversation. We kind of got off topic for a little bit, but the gist is that Toronto just can't afford anybody. Yeah, I think the, at the end, like Dubis just kind of he tied his knot for this year, and uh, if this is the year they can't escape the first round, I don't think they ever are going to. It's going to be like the Cubs winning the World Series. It's just some things just don't happen like often. Dude, their whole offense, their whole offense, all of their depth players are need to be resigned after this year. Kerfoot <laughs> up, Kampf up, Achiari up, Sam Lafferty up, Michael Bunting up. He's going to get a huge payday. Uh, Aston Reese up. Oh, and by the way, Ryan O'Reilly is up. Like so, dude, they're they're most expensive. Like their fourth forward, essentially. Is Nylander making almost seven million, and then yes. below that he's make like the next one under that, the fifth one, Kerfoot, three point five. <laughs> like exactly, exactly, dude. They're just mismanaged to all hell. And then you have Riley Morgan making seven and a half for the rest of eternity there, and he's twenty nine, or Morgan Riley, my bad. It's it's, yeah, they're and they're. They're in some trouble. Major trouble. And here's the kicker. Austin Matthews is up after next season. Oh, so take Muzzin on the IR. <laughs> Victor Mate on the IR. <laughs> like, oh, geez. That's just they're in a and is Ryan O'Reilly back yet? Do we know? Um, I think he is, right? I can look. Give me a second. I'm gonna look up their um their lines for tonight. And do you think Austin Matthews took the shot and hit him in the pinky intentionally? No, no, I don't. Although he's probably that accurate. <laughs> so, Ryan Riley's playing second line center tonight with Matthew Nyes and William Nylander. John Tavares is playing with Kelly Yarncrook. And Michael Bunting, they don't have a third line right wing dressed, so they're playing with for eleven, reasons. yeah, eleven <laughs> skater, eleven, eleven forwards, six defensemen. That's crazy, dude. Like they are a shit show. And mind you, and mind you, the goaltender they're using um, as a backup tonight is uh, an emergency exception, right? <laughs> Well, they got denied an emergency exception is what I read. Uh, I did read that as well, but I don't know. So basically they weren't able to call up whoever they wanted to, so they had to sign somebody. Joseph Wall is playing, though. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I'm going to have to dive deeper into that story because I I read that one way, but Joseph Wall is playing. So Is the NHL going to – either get rid of the salary cap or are they going to hold, t- are they going to double down on the cap and just be like, no more circumventing this shit? Like, cause honestly it's getting a little too confusing for, for fans. And honestly, I haven't been able to watch enough hockey lately. I've been working like a dog um, to like really pay attention. I'm just kind of getting headlines and just like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, the cap is a game dude. And I like it. I like it because it makes the league more interesting. If from the sense that, like, not only do you like, do you need the right talent in the right places, but you also need the right numbers in the right places to to like fit the puzzle together. Like, it all has to make sense financially, and it all has to you know produce on the ice. It's it's a really complex puzzle. I enjoy it from that perspective because I think it, it makes NHL general managers 
they're I think they make them that much more impressive, and I, that's why Chicago when they were going on those cup runs they they were they were you know somebody would go on LTIR and then all of a sudden be ready for the playoffs because they were they were clearly circumventing the shit, but like they won three cups so. If you can't, if you, if you like, I guess to your point, like, what are they going to do? I don't think they're getting rid of the cap, but they need to do something because this is, this is kind of crazy what these teams are getting away with. Can I add? I have the Leafs, um, Bolts game on right now, and we're at like the fifth, 14 minute mark in the third. And the Bolts have just been dominating this period so far, it seems. But they're down by one shot. But they have 36 shots to Toronto's 20, and they're down three to two right now. But the puck has been in the offensive zone for Tampa, it seems, the whole time. And if the series goes like this, and if Samsonov's not healthy and Wall somehow not standing on his head to this ability, like that series will be done in three. Like, in, like somehow it'll be over in three, you know? So I don't know. That's all I have to say. I know you guys aren't watching the game right now or the listeners because it's not going to be out, but it's just embarrassing to see the turnovers Toronto's making right now in the defensive zone and how good Tampa looks, to be honest. Tampa's getting ready, dude. They're going to be scary as a tradition. I told you. You did. You called that one. And I mean, three three and seven in their last 10, but I, I mean, they just have too much talent to ignore. And I don't think Boston is going to be a team to sleep on either. I think Boston's going to be extremely good. I don't think anybody's sleeping on them, dude. They, they, I think everybody's awake to Boston. My whole thing is like in, with Boston. I before the season started, I didn't even know. I didn't think they were even going to make the playoffs. Well, prior to Patrice Bergeron coming back, but I think like, we talked about that on the phone a couple of weeks ago when I called you just to talk. And I yeah, dude, like. like Wow. It's crazy. Like, like Pasternak has sixty goals. Like if Bergeron doesn't come back, dude, like what do what do they do? What yeah, do they do? Before the season, you know, I would have never thought that Boston, even with Bergeron, like I would have just been like, oh, Boston, middle of the road team. Like I wouldn't see them dominating. Right? I thought they were going to be battling for a wild, wild card, card spot. Yeah, yeah. Like, but I mean, Tyler Pertuzzi is a great acquisition for them. I love that signing for them. Um, I'm just looking at their extend, uh, their roster right now. Yet, or is that has that not I, happened? I think that'll probably have to happen after the season. Um, but I mean, Bergeron is Bergeron. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer in my opinion. Then you have Tyler Bertuzzi. We just mentioned Brandon Carlo. Or actually, I'm gonna go through their lines. Brandon Carlo, former Dub guy, trusted Americans. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. So you have Marshawn, Bergeron, and DeBrusque is the first line right now because apparently David Pasternak does whatever he wants, whenever he wants. So he's on the second line with Tyler Bertuzzi and Pavel Zaka. Now Zaka, Zaka, if I remember, Zaka was like a top five pick and just never panned out. And then now he's there. So, I mean, the talent is there from that second line. Tyler Bertuzzi and Pasternak on the wings is, is really nice. He was sixth um, overall by New Jersey. Okay, so not top five, but he's close. Their Speaking third which, line Hughes is, is going to join the uh, Devils as well this week. I Luke, believe. yeah, Luke will. But I mean, their their fourth line: AJ Greer, Thomas Nosek, Garnet Hathaway. Doesn't thrill me. Their third line: Charlie Coyle, Taylor Hall, and Trent Frederick. Doesn't thrill me. I mean, Taylor Hall's got s- speed for days. And Charlie Coyle can win you face off, so he's got that grit. Um, but I just think that all in all, I don't know, dude. They're, I'm just not impressed with their roster. I I think the whole team is beyond bought in, and Montgomery has got this team operating at max capacity. I, I just don't know. Did they catch like, fire too soon? You know, that's, well, they, that's what you think about going into the postseason, you know. Well, I mean, like, dominating, like, the Leafs show that. Dominating the regular season is one thing, but grinding out a seven-game series against somebody is really difficult. And, and I goal, don't – Physical, faster, tougher, everything's different in postseason hockey, too. And, like, I see I see some speed. I see a lot of talent. I see some grit. 
But if any of this were to be shaken up, right? Like if you lose, you know, Pasternak or Marshand or Bergeron, like that is such a dagger that I don't think that they'd be able to recover. I feel the same way on their defense. Like if you were to lose Charlie McAvoy, that would destroy them. I mean, if you lose Olmark too, he look at his save percentage is nine three eight this year. One eight yeah, against his average. stats are silly, dude. But if you actually look, if you look through the goalie stats, Jeremy Swayman is pretty good. He's, he's doing pretty future. good. He's their future. Yeah, like he's got nine two one save percentage. 2.2 and 35 games played. Like, dude, their tandem is unbelievable this year. It's crazy. So I, I think that they'd be covered from the goaltending aspect, but I just don't know if they have the depth to support. You know, yeah, they to, don't. They to have support the what's going on. They have the backstops. They just don't have the uh, the offense. I don't think to really to carry it. I mean, you got Ekblad for a couple more years. Um, are you, are you Ekblad? Oh, are you talking bad. about the Panthers? I was looking at the wrong team. My bad. <laughs> I was like, uh, you got McAvoy, who that's a long one. Um, Lindholm, you got him. I love, I, I love their top four because Dmitry Orlov is a serviceable, very serviceable player, and I don't think that he has a high price tag. Charlie McAvoy is great. Hampus Lindholm, I, I like even when he was a duck. Brandon Carlo is is going to eat up minutes. Grizzlick and Clifton, I'm not too thrilled about, but they're your third pairing. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean they're not they're not just rotating them either. Like you know, you're playing them when you when they need to play. So, and I mean honestly, I don't see Boston getting terrible um, next year. I just they're not gonna. Be- I think that hinges completely on Bergeron. If he if he retires, they're gonna have major problems. Major problems, and not from the cap perspective, but from a talent perspective, you're going to be walked into a season without a, a first line center for oh, sure. I mean, yeah, but you have you have Marshawn, who's going to bring that leadership and hold the young guns accountable. And I think the team and, chemistry and locker room will be fine. I just don't think that you can produce when you're taking away of like, like I said, a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, perennial thirty goal scorer, Selkie finalist. I mean, who's to say they they don't find us? They don't get a um, Jonathan Taves this off season, free agent. You know, I Just think say. he'd be. I think he'd be a good fit there. Oh, to say they don't get Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes. Hayes. Just trying to get rid of Flyers players. Right. I mean, you know what, who would really help them? What's the price for Kevin Hayes right now? Uh, I don't know, but I think Justin Braun would be a good addition to that blue line. I mean, um, what what sort do of filling for these days? Fill in for Bergeron's leadership and his defensive prowess. I mean, you only have three more years after this season of paying Kevin Hayes over $7 million. So, you know, that that would be a great contract for any team to take on, especially Toronto, I think. No? I personally think Toronto should take on every contract over $7 million in the NHL and just have a superstar team that doesn't field on the ice. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so moving on here, let's let's go around to the dub here a little bit. Connor Medard, he's played seven games in the postseason. They got eliminated, and yeah, I saw that. The Blades. The funny thing is, though, he has seven points over the uh, the next highest guy in the point race for the postseason, and that was his line mate. And then he has ten points over third place over Saskatoon Blades. Igor Sidorov. Um, I actually, um, I was looking up his stats the other day, dude, and he's just broken, man. He's just not real. He's clearly the best player in Canadian Major Junior. I mean, 134 games career for him in the dub. 134 goals, 137 apples for 271 points. Yeah, he's, he's over two point per game. I mean, it's next year when he's when he's in the dub after he gets drafted. It's just going to be stupid. He's not going back, dude. <laughs> There's no chance in the world he goes back. This uh, year alone, he has 71 goals and 72 assists in 57 games. He's he's Connor McDavid down there, dude. He's not going back. But he's going to come in and score like 
30 and 40 or like 30 and 50 or some shit. He's going to have over a point per game probably at the NHL level or damn close to it. That's just my opinion. Well, let me give the Western uh, the Western League the, the round one results because they are finished. Um, so round one, Seattle swept the Rockets 4-0. Kamloops swept Vancouver 4-0. Portland, gentlemen sweep against Everett 4-1. Prince George versus Tri-City 4-2. Um, and then you go to the east side. You got Winnipeg 4-0 sweep over Medicine Hat. You have the Rebels 4-1 over the Hitmen, uh, the Blades over the Pats 4-3, and Moose Jaw swept Lethbridge 4-0. So the Western League is going to have some fun, just a fun playoff run, I think. There's going to be some good games this round, um, personally. Anyway. No, you, you keep up with Canadian Junior more than I do. So who's your favorite? To Seattle. The, uh, the Mem Cup, Seattle. Seattle by far. Like, Windsor's already out. Shane Wright, gone. There's already questioning, like, there's already articles coming out questioning Shane Wright and is he just a terrible team player? Is this why the, the favored number one seed, Windsor Spitfires, after that historic trade that they made to get him for the rest of Windsor's essentially future? to get Shane Wright, and they got knocked in the first round. I think they got swept, if I'm not mistaken. Um, like, I don't know. It, it's just insane to me. I don't – I guess we can talk about Shane Wright for a second as I search for the OHL uh, playoff thing, if you guys want to talk for a second. Uh, yeah, let me pull up Shane Wright's stats right now. Mainly because after he got sent down, I kind of stopped. Let me All see. Right. OHL, so the Spitfires. Almost two points per game, dude. He's kind of doing it. But, I mean, that's as expected from from a guy who went first. Or was supposed to go first overall. Yeah, they got swept by the Kitchener Rangers in the first round, a number one seed from an eight seed, if I'm not mistaken. Like, that's crazy. Um, Conference division. Wrong one. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Matt, did you leave us? No, I think he went to the bathroom. I don't know. I don't remember what seed they were. Um, Kitchener. But they swept them. They they swept the supposed to be best team in, I don't know, the Ontario League. So that's just insane to me. And tons of articles coming around. Shane Wright just saying terrible leadership, terrible winning just terrible person apparently which surprises me i mean he's still 18 you know just let let the kid play Give that's kind of where i'm at i think that like they're putting a lot of stock in a guy who all you know all facts say not say but he's 18 like he's got a lot to learn that's just it he'll yeah. grow you know what i mean like he's not yeah, I mean it's it's almost like the line A and Matthews draft essentially, like where everyone's line A is better when they got drafted, you know, and when line A was still in uh, Winnipeg, and then of course we saw the truth happen, and Tampa Bay just scored to tie it up three three. But um, boys, anyways, I mean, yeah, it's it just give the kid a chance. I mean, he is in Seattle. I don't want them to succeed, but um, yeah. It, it is what it is. Moving on, though, I think uh, I think we can wrap it up here if you like. I can give the answer to the uh, to the trivia. The trivia, yeah. yeah, yeah. Tell me. That. So, Matt, did you think of a guess for the trivia question or no? I told you, fifteen eighty one. 
1581, close but no cigar. Rico, do you have a guess, sir? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with like I'm gonna go post Great Depression, so 19, I don't know, Pretty close, pretty close. It is 1949-50 season. The National Hockey League decided to try painting the ice in order to allow spectators to see the puck more clearly. And my God, did it help. And if you read the documentary on Eddie Shore or the biography, my bad, it actually talks about that in the in the book. Which so wait a minute. Well, they painted the ice to help people see the puck or they painted like the surface below the ice? Below the ice. like Okay. But it used to be black. It just used to be black and then ice. Like, just... That would be impossible. That would be pretty funny to play play on that. It, yeah, I mean, it's I've I've seen rinks like that. It's pretty insane. Um, but it's not like black. It's just like a gray. I'd want like that. Uh, what's that like? Really expensive black paint that's like negative light. Oh yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. Like it's, it's like just... ver verta black or something like that. It's like the darkest black in the world or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I genuinely don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, just... uh, there's like some, sh there's like literally some um, shade of black. It's like a, this specific. I don't know if it's like a paint or if it's some sort of. It's something, but it just looks. It's like something it's that engineers create. It's literally no light reflects off of it, so it looks like. I can't even describe it to you. Uh, I'm trying to look it up right now. You can look it's, it up on YouTube. It's, it's Vanta Vanta Black. It looks look it interesting. Up, it it is the craziest thing you'll like. It's weird if you see it. it like it it absorbs ninety nine point nine six percent of light. So like so if you were V A N T A. Yeah, if you were driving a car that was Vanta Black at night, you would be like invisible. Pretty yeah. much, in the dark. Other than your headlights. Yes, other than the headlights. Holy obviously. shit, dude. That is actually wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like there's nothing. Learn nothing from the podcast, everybody. You learned two things today. What year they Isn't start? that crazy though? Like you can't see the contour or anything of the car. It's insane. Like, yeah, I saw a video where a guy painted like a a ball and it was just like it looked like it was just a perfect circle. Like when he held it up, I was like that's fucking insane. It didn't look like it was a ball at all. It was insane. Yeah. So that's the part. That, that's that's what I wanted to. I would love to play a hockey game on that with a Vanta black puck and a Vanta black surface. I would not it'd play be. It'd be, it'd be literally twelve people Dude, standing still. I think you would be. You would. <laughs> you would probably have a really good game if you were a goalie because no one else would be able to find the puck. Yeah, either would you until it hits you in the fucking throat. Well, even if even if they scored on you, no one would know. <laughs> exactly. Um. Actually, did we get any emails, Matt? Uh. You know what? We may have. Why don't you vamp for like two seconds while I look it up? Well, I just want to talk about the Leafs circumventing the cap and how much I want <laughs> to lose in the first round. Just I thought you said beliefs. Like you wanted to talk about your beliefs. Oh, my beliefs. How was everybody's Easter Sunday, by the way? Uh, let's. Uh, yeah. I was hung over because I drank from 9 a.m. to 1 a.m. I did a bunch of Easter egg hunts with my son, so that was cool. I watched the Celtic game, watched them beat the Rangers. Woohoo! Fuck the Rangers. That's two different sports, bro. Celtic FC, baby. I know. And, I, was, uh, I was joking that it was basketball on the. Rico, I went out with our boy Stu and Johnny and one of my other buddies, Chris, and. Oh yeah. We literally. Opened the bars and shut the bars down. So that was a fun day of. It was a long day. Yes, we do. We um, we have two emails. Oh, I hope they're good. Both from uh podcast contributor and super fan Patrick Joseph Delgown. Uh, the one is that the Flyers. You want to know our thoughts on the Flyers going back to their '90s uniforms next season. Are they going back to their nineties uniforms the next season? With fanatics? heavily heavily speculated, with fanatics. Um, I mean that was probably the last time they were somewhat decent. So shut your face. No. Um. In all reality, I've never been a big fan of the Flyers jerseys, so I don't care what they wear. Uh, why? I I just never. 
I've never liked them. I don't know what it is about them. I've just never <clears> been <throat> a fan of the Leafs, or not the Leafs, but the Flyers jerseys. I think you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Flyers of all the teams in the expansion era are the longest running constant logo and jersey. Are they not? I beg to differ. I'd say the Atlanta Flames, but that's me. <laughs> yes, it is definitely the Atlanta Blues. St. Louis Blues. The Blues went through a couple yeah, different yeah, iterations. They added the red yeah. for a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, but they I mean they've always up. had the they've always had the note though. Right, See, but the, the this flyer has, the Flyers logo literally has not changed since nineteen sixty seven. Yeah, I agree. With that's that. probably why I've never liked their jersey. <laughs> Apparently, it's a P. I don't see a P. I've never seen a P. Do you? Yeah, it's a flying P. Dude. I know it. I know it is. I know it is, but I don't see a P. I I do. I do. I I mean, if I forced it, I can, but like that's not how I. I don't know. I can't describe how I'm looking at it, but it's yeah, not I, I I can't really help you with your own perspective that nobody else can experience. I know. It's, 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 it's tough. bringing back the seals jerseys forever too. Like that would be cool. No. All right. Um, the other email we got from him that I, that it brings up a little bit of speculation is uh first time long time Bleacher Report recently switched their Blackhawks logo to the team's alternate logo so that's the C with the. The two tomahawks uh, crossed. Yep. Um, well, and he wants to know: Do we think that the Hawks will be forced to change the greatest jersey in sports one day? They've already came out and said they're not, and I don't see them doing it. Um, not out of um reasons um that have been brought forward recently, like the Portland Winterhawks had the same logo. They're now like an Eddie Belfour eagle head, but um. I don't see him changing it. Their ownerships even came out and said they're not changing it or don't plan on changing it. They say uh, that now, but I think a little bit of pressure can change their minds. They've they've gotten pressure. Um, yeah. I I just don't think I don't I don't see them changing it. I mean, it's such a classic logo, and I don't think it brings. I mean, who am I to say? But I don't think they use it in an offensive way or anything like that, or it's intended to be offensive or or anything like that either. So that's just my thoughts. Well, I like it. I like your thoughts. Your thoughts are great. I mean, yeah, that, that's all. I'm just going to leave it at that because I feel like I'm going to get ripped apart for what I just said. So no, you're not <laughs> with all, all 17 of our listeners. Hey, shush. Uh, um, <laughs> but no, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I also don't know if that's the greatest Jersey in sports, but that's a different discussion for a different day. I mean, I, feel I think like the their whites, their whites are like my favorite jersey in the league. Remember in the early two thousands when they had the black, and then the the uh, Blackhawk logo on it, and it was just like they had their whites, and then they had the blacks as well. It wasn't just the reds. They looked so good with the blacks on. They looked so good, but I was actually thinking about that the other day. It's like those were clean looking sweaters. I mean, they were definitely nice, but you know, I don't know if it's the best, is my opinion. Uh, I mean, it's just such a classic one. It's like Detroit. Like, I don't think Detroit's jerseys are that great, but they're just a classic tart, classic sweater. You know, you just can't yeah. really get away from it. It's they like stole the, it from the shoe company. Yeah, and it's like the Kings too. Like, with the cross that they had in the '90s with Gretzky there, Rob Blake, um, Sorley. Um, I don't like those, but for some reason. Everybody likes those. So, anyways, sorry everybody. Uh, feel free to send us emails, hockey night in the jungle at gmail.com. Uh, like, subscribe, and follow the podcast on your wherever you listen to your podcasts and the Instagram, hockey night in the jungle, and on Facebook, hockey night in the jungle. Anyway. Um, yeah, I wanted to, when did the playoffs start? April 17th, I believe. So let's, let's get together a uh, Hockey Night in the Jungle uh, bracket challenge. What do you think? I'm into that. Yeah, I'm good to that. I'm, I'm, I'm good to lose money some more. Well, I mean, money. I just, uh, you know, for our listeners, if you get in there, I'll, I'll throw in a prize for you. Yeah, go ahead and send it in. We'll get you guys a prize. Maybe. Who knows? If I Whoever wins. If you, can beat, if you can beat our team experts, you'll be in the running for a prize. If we ever get these shirts sent, we'll give away a free shirt. And and a prize to be determined by me. 
Maybe a freezing so scary load. Beat of Westchester. You never know. It's now super one would be so lucky. It's hips of hat for row, bro. <laughs> hips of Nat Row. What was it the other that one time? Then the next armpits of Lansdowne. And then you had the next two. Napes of Narberth. Napes of Necks of Narberth. <laughs> We're gonna Jesus. build an entire an entire uh, human body out of uh, suburban Philadelphia towns. <laughs> Jesus. That's all I have to say to that. All right, boys. Well, you have a good one. Happy Easter. Happy birthday to you, Matt. And uh, yeah, happy birthday, Matt. You, thanks, uh, everybody. Thank all you, our listeners. If you had a birthday, happy birthday to you. Hope you had a great Easter weekend. Take care, everybody. Thanks, Goodbye. Guys.